0: You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Christine Smith is a PhD candidate in the Department of Geography. During the summers of 2010 and 2011, Smith visited Cairo to conduct research. She has gone to study the Arabic language, document art movements, and has unique perspective on the events in Tahrir Square that have come to be known as the Arab Spring. In this podcast, Smith talks about her experiences and what's waiting for her in Egypt this summer.
1: Hi, I'm Christine Smith. I'm from
0: the Geography Department at the University of Kentucky. And um, you've gone to Cairo twice. Why did you go for the first time? Was that just yeah. purely to study Arabic or were, was there any other research involved in that?
1: Yeah, I got an NSF at GRFP, Graduate Research Fellowship. And I used that money to go to Cairo um, to do language instruction at the American University in Cairo, both summers that I went. The first summer I went was exploratory and also a chance for me to learn Arabic.
0: So what sorts of things did you encounter while you were there? The first time? Yeah. I mean, at first you're
1: just starstruck because you're in Egypt for the first time, right? And Egypt has such this, um, it just holds this place within sort of our general imagination. You know, once the Orientalist fantasies disappeared, it became apparent to me the political and economic situation of the city and through the city the country, really. Um, Seeing sort of the state of public transport or public services was interesting and sort of the class divisions throughout Cairo.
0: Okay, so you were there in two thousand ten for a few months, and then you left, mm-hmm. and you went back again in in summer of two thousand eleven. Yeah, which is post Arab Spring. Yeah. So can you talk about the changes that you encountered, like when you went back?
1: The first summer I
0: went there, and I brought up
1: politics. You know, I brought it up with a few friends that I just made, and it seemed like politics were like the most distant thing from anyone sort of uh, you know idea about their life. And the summer I went back. It was really interesting because everyone was a politician. Like, you know, on the streets everywhere, there were people. Like, everyone was demanding rights about something or they had demands, you know, and... Um I'm realizing that a lot of these things that are happening with what we term the Arab Spring have been happening since 2004 and 2005 with groups like the Kafaya movement or labor unions um, who have been striking um, and sort of an important part of this process for a long time. So in a sense, the Arab Spring um, has been in process before uh, 2011 and has also, I think, been, it's been more of a wake-up call for the people who live outside of Egypt, I think.
0: So... In summer of 2011, you were going there not just to learn Arabic this time, but to conduct research, and you were studying um, artists and creativity in Cairo, so do you want to talk about that research a little bit?
1: Yeah, so the second time I went back to Cairo, I had this idea that I was going to go and try to see what artists were doing in public space, specifically female artists. Um, before that, after the January 25th uprisings in the 18 days that led to the fall of Mubarak, we were seeing a lot about art in Cairo, graffiti art specifically, um, all throughout the city. And, and so I went to Cairo and um, didn't really find a lot of women graffiti artists, but <laughs> did interview uh, quite a few other artists who are male artists who are interesting. I interviewed Mohammed Abla, um, sort of an internationally known artist who is shown um, in Europe, in the U.S., and uh, who's based in Cairo. Uh, one artist, uh, Hassan Hassam, um, who is a graphic designer. And uh, graffiti artist, Gunzeer, um, who's probably the most popularly known out of the three who has sort of, in the post-revolution period, becomes like a sort of a graffiti megastar. And so I interviewed those three and I also interviewed um, the founder of El Saoui Cultural Wheel. The inspiration behind doing that was to sort of understand how creativity and imagination were reshaping the political landscape as well as the urban landscape.
0: You took a lot of photos, and you said that you also experienced a little bit of the Cairo like hip hop scene.
1: Yeah. Um, so walking around after uh, the Arab Spring in twenty eleven, I realized that the Middle East is like home to a vibrant uh, and burgeoning hip hop scene. And so I went to one show um, where there were Egyptian B boys and uh, and hip hop artists who were you know doing their thing and. They were awesome, and I just didn't realize that was there before, so um, yeah. (laughs) Are you gonna go back? Yeah, I'm going back for my actual dissertation research this summer.
0: What's your um, PhD research going to be about?
1: It's a transgenerational study of uh, mobility practices in Cairo, and specifically, I want to know how two generations of low-income Kyrenes navigate urban space with the threat of state violence. For many low-income people, it'll be by public transport, like bus, or by walking. Just seeing how people cope with this very basic and sort of taken for granted thing, right? Like, you know, walking to work or walking to the shops, but it's in those moments where I think we can learn a lot about the state and state practices. We'll see how it goes. It's sort of based at four sites within Cairo, so two sort of politically charged sites in a sense. One is Cairo University, a site of a lot of student organizing, and that has been a site of uh, police surveillance, and also Tahrir Square, which is now this sort of sacred political site uh, throughout the Middle East, in a sense. And then I have two sort of mundane sites. There are people who, uh, before, made their careers instead of, you know, on assuming what will happen or saying that, you know, the Middle East is stable or these things are unchanging or I'm making predictions about how, you know, the Middle East is. Um, and I think what we've learned now is that you can't do that. There needs to be on the ground research about how things are always dynamically sort of coming together and changing and influencing each other. And I think... By being a political geographer, um, sort of interested in these issues, I'm sort of in the mix to sort of find that out, and I think i am set up in a really good way to investigate that.
0: Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Geography for making this podcast possible.